0: Okay, welcome to this episode of A Curious Mind. I'm your host Sylvester and I'm Mike and uh, today uh, we are wrapping up our three-part series highlighting the reopening plan uh, focusing on uh, the upper school today. So we've had two great conversations with uh, Elaine Griffin um, in our middle school and then Mike Tauscher who oversees our preschool and lower school. Um, Today we're talking to uh, Stuart Cushman of, of the upper school. Mike, was there anything about the upper school reopening plan you know we've looked at the plan was there anything that stuck out to you that um you hadn't heard before or the strikes was different from the middle school and preschool um, plans
1: well I, th- I i honestly think they in looking at it from kind of a whole school overview i feel like upper school has the most hurdles in planning the fall because yeah. you have You have elective classes, you have languages, you have students that are used to having a lot more freedom um, in terms of moving around between classes, you know, having a lot, like I think Stuart used the word trust. Like we've always trusted them in the sense that they're able to um, go to study hall and get their work done and, and kind of move about. Now we have to monitor all that. So I think they've had so many different things to take into account to plan for the fall um i was just amazed at hearing again for the third time now about the faculty's response creativity i think it's going to look i think the traditional setting is very different from what we are yes. accustomed to um even though you and i had it in our uh, our catholic schools growing <laughs> up uh, we here at usm typically have the roundtable discussions we yeah. have small class sizes where the kids move about do group projects things like that um, so I think it'll it'll look different for teachers, but I know that they're gonna rise to the occasion. I just, I was amazed at, at also hearing a little bit of the planning process, which we didn't hear from the first, yeah. um, the, they were a part of it in, in the first two, but we kind of really focused on what the fall is gonna look like rather than what these last, you know, 10 weeks oh, have looked yeah. like. Yeah. Or beyond. Um, and so it was interesting to hear. And I think that's just one of the, the benefits of the independent school model is that, yes, there's a lot of moving parts, but you have certain directors in certain positions that can really focus on one component of the reopening rather than, I mean, could you imagine like a principal at a, at a high school having to think about all these things? Oh,
0: yeah. All the different levers and, and yeah. different pieces of that puzzle and, and and let's not forget that we also had a head of school transition in the middle mm-hmm. of the summer so you know you we started with laura fuller you know in, in the spring and early june and now steve hancock our new head of school took over so i mean there was a transition that happened there as well which i'm sure you know led to just uh, some additional conversations and getting him caught up and so it, it's it's been impressive to hear about this planning process but you know i want to echo you know the you know how weird it's going to be for our teachers to be in a traditional setting like to me like mm-hmm. that is funny to think about because so much of what university school does is innovative and now we've got to go to traditional model and our teachers are, are kind of having to learn it. Like, I think that's a cool kind of dynamic to, to ponder and, and yeah. process.
1: Humbling experience as well. It's like, oh, this is what a lot of schools have to, <laughs> have to you know, teach like too. But it's interesting, because like you mentioned the English teacher saying, how can, we, how can we have book discussions without round table? And it's like, well, this is, what's been happening for, you know, 800 years in education. Um, I think we'll we'll survive for a few, hopefully just a few short months. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, it's it's all been so impressive and you and I have had sort of like a front row seat on the sidelines here to watch it all take place and um, I'm just amazed at the leadership and then just kind of the all-hands-on-deck mentality that the school's taken with teachers, staff, faculty, administrator. everyone is kind of just realizing like This is a unique time. We all got to chip in and and we're going to do our best to to pull it off in the fall.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a a, a different type of school year. So we hope you enjoy the interview with Stuart Cushman. And here it is. We have today Stuart Cushman, head of upper school um, on the pod today. Uh, Stuart, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: So, uh, Stuart, tell us a little bit about your background, like where you're from, and, and what has been your path to university school?
2: Sure. Um, I am from uh, both with Wisconsin and, and Massachusetts. I, I went to high school at Wayland Academy, which is a, a small boarding school in uh, Beaverdam, Wisconsin. And I also am a graduate of of UW Madison, so so I know the I know the Badger State well and I am pretty much a cheesehead, uh, although I, I have lived out east as well and, and I have family out east. Um after uh after college I was in the US Army for six years. And, and then after that I went to college and then entered the, the teaching profession. I was a teacher for uh, a teacher and administrator for roughly 20 years maybe a little bit longer before I came to USM and I was attracted to USM uh, simply because of its great reputation and uh, uh, the, the upper school head job became available basically the, the high school principal position became available and I had and I was lucky enough to uh, be welcomed into this really fantastic community. Well,
0: cool. and, and you were a Latin teacher, right?
2: I was among many other things. Yes, I was a Latin teacher primarily, but I've also had the pleasure of coaching uh, coaching football and um, teaching English, teaching history. I was a physical education instructor. For a short cool. amount of time, I apologize, all you former students. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool, and, and and then you were um, you came to USM,
2: and and how long have you been at University School? What year is this for you? This will this this very unusual year will be my eighth year. Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and so, you know, you know how we want to, you know, frame this for our listeners is we want to talk, we want to kind of backtrack. So if we can go back to the spring and when the pandemic happened um, and the school went virtual. Can you tell us what the upper school experience was like in terms of the USM at home um, program? Um, what was the response? What were some things that you saw, you thought that went well? And what were some things that um, you thought our families and students really benefited from?
2: sure um you know first of all just uh, as a as a precursor to to whatever i say about our program i have to acknowledge that we are blessed to have really great colleagues uh, adults both administrators teachers parents alums board members who who work so hard and care so much and also allow us to, to be um, to be our best so last spring uh, first of all we we knew that we were probably going to have to f- uh, be teaching remotely online at some point in the spring so we had an opportunity to, to prepare ourselves our school has a, a great tech support staff. We have a, a really robust one-to-one program. We were able over spring break to have many of our teachers take online teaching pedagogy courses so that then when spring break was over and we came back to school in the online format, uh, we were we were ready to go. So uh, it doesn't mean that it, it wasn't without its problems and challenges. Of course it was, but. Uh, but largely, we did really well with it, and we got really positive feedback. much of our teaching was synchronous meaning meaning real time students meeting with their teachers every day um, in in somewhat of a relaxed schedule. The schedule w- wasn't as frenetic as it would as it would have been were we on campus um, but still it was it was a robust it was a robust schedule mm.
1: And Stuart, can you um, talk about what you guys did? Because if you think about, you know, 14 or 15 to 18-year-olds, I think a lot of people said, well, they're the most apt to this because they're the most tech-savvy, independent at USM. But at the same time, they're also the ones that need um, kind of stimulus outside of content and courses. You know, they're here, they're doing sports, they're socializing with their friends, they're doing clubs and things like that. So what, what did the upper school provide um, for some of those extra activities to keep them engaged in this whole process?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, Mike, because you're absolutely right. Um, our kids care very much about their academics and the teachers do too. And, and in fact, coming out of the spring into the summer, some students and, and teachers reported that they were able to uh, really cover a lot of curriculum. But... The true value of USM is is oftentimes what goes on uh, in the margins and and after the classes and some of those special programs, the athletics and the, the the clubs and the advising. And to be honest with you that that was a challenge and as the spring continued, we realized that we had to put more and more time and effort and focus into those types of rally points. Um, Again, fortunately we have some really creative people here and that includes our students and they were committed to maintaining a really strong advising program. Um, we, we would end up doing a lot of things virtually like open, like virtual open mics. We were also able to continue with the tradition of our senior speeches and we would live stream those. Um, so we, we were fortunate to have a, a tech staff that allowed us to continue some of the, the traditional things that we care so much about, and we just did them virtually. Um, but I do I do think that that is probably one thing that our upper school students miss the most: those opportunities to come together, um, not in a virtual fashion, but in a real fashion, um, and and have those activities together. Well, uh, one thing that was well, that was really a positive way for us to end up the year is that we we still managed to have an in person graduation for the class of twenty twenty uh and and that was a really fabulous experience we We practiced physical distancing um but still nevertheless we were all together in the football stadium it was at night beautiful summer evening we had fireworks uh it was, it was really great
0: yeah i want to commend you and your and your staff on that graduation, I I saw the live stream and I was impressed, especially by the fireworks display at the end. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that was a great great way to end what has been a unique and interesting year for those seniors. So that was really cool.
2: Yeah, the- in, in in true USM fashion, you know, we, we we pulled out all the stops and did the fireworks.
0: <laughs> and so then you know transitioning to the summer, and you know we've talked for the last several episodes about the USM's reopening plan. And I know you've been a big piece um, as as part of the risk committee and the group that's been crafting this plan. Um, Tell me about that planning process for reopening this fall. Like what went into the plan? What were some considerations? What were some of the challenges? Um, You know, we haven't highlighted like, you know, the amount of thought that went behind this reopening plan this summer. So what was that like? And what was that experience like for you?
2: sure uh, you know in some sense we are still in that mode i know i know a couple of weeks ago we we published uh, a pretty comprehensive reopening plan um but we we are currently still figuring out the fine details because we're committed to opening up in person on campus but doing it in a very safe a safe manner so that we're paying uh, uh attention both to the safety and then also program. But the, the planning process began in June and it, it was comprised of many, many meetings, some of those virtual, some of those in person when we were allowed to reopen the buildings. And we had a number of different teams that focused on different areas. So, for example example, um, uh, an upper leadership team, an academics team, a safety team, and and we would meet we would meet weekly and assign each other tasks and and homework, and we would go off and then come back together and and share with each other. And so we slowly developed what what we hope, what we believe is is a really great plan for getting kids back here on campus as we're able to. Um, and going forward with it.
1: Would you, you know, one of the more thing, things that I think is a little more unique about the situation, sir, is our re-enrollment is in the winter in January, February, and so everyone really basically said, yep, we're coming back before all of this happened. Did the, the risk committee and all of these, you know, teams and subcommittees, did you guys have a pulse on how many of our students were wanting to come back on campus? Because um, you you really had to plan for both kind of sides of families that are gonna be doing our virtual option and families that are gonna be here on campus. So as you were planning, did you kind of have a, a gauge as to what what those numbers would be like? I mean, now we know obviously since we gave the poll, but did you guys kind of just have an idea of, of people that wanted to be here or not?
2: I'd like to pretend that I, that I did or had a sense of it, Mike, but I, I really had no idea. And mm-hmm. we just we just moved forward and did what we felt we needed to do, and I think, as you said, we do now know that roughly, uh, you know, roughly eighty five percent of our of our families and students are are wanting, I shouldn't say wanting because I'm sure everybody wants to attend in person, um, right? But have committed to it, attend in in person and. And those who aren't, those like, like roughly 12 to 15% who aren't going to, I'm sure they have like really good reasons mm-hmm. uh, for planning on attending through distance learning. Yeah, uh, it's interesting your comment about how this
0: plan is constantly evolving because even being here on campus, it seems like classrooms are being moved around, desks are being pulled out. Like this plan seems to be evolving on a day-to-day basis. and. Um, it's, 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 it's been fascinating. I don't have, I don't have a question. I'm just commenting on that because it has been like, I'll, I'll be walking through one day and then the next day it's like, Oh wait, this classroom has been moved here or these desks have been moved there. Um, do you feel like progress, adequate progress has been made in preparation for September 1st in terms of like getting the physical space, um, ready?
2: I, I, Sylvester, I think we're in a really good place. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't always feel it in my bones that we're in a really good place because there's so much to do, and so for example, e- even today I've had it. What it's you know it's eleven, eleven fifteen, on a Wednesday morning, and I've had multiple meetings today. M- many of them with uh, our security, our facilities, our custodial staff. So we are we're we're always working to. Uh, make it the best it can be um, i felt I felt really good about three weeks ago when I met with uh, w- one of the doctors from our our medical advisory committee and she's a she's a parent as well and um, has a really important position at the u w hospital system, but she went over our upper school plan looking specifically at the 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 physical safety and the sanitation components of it. And um, she said it was great. Like, like she 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 thought it was a really really solid plan. My thinking was that she was going to pick it apart and find detail, but she didn't. So that that lowered my anxiety levels um, a tad, just a little bit. But <laughs> but normally, like I'm sure you you the two of you are in the same mode. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other and trying to take care of things so that on September first we are really, truly as ready as we can be.
0: No, no i I think a lot of great work has been done. um you know we've We've talked thoroughly about the plan, but can you briefly just share like what will the reopening plan look like in the upper school? because obviously it's, it's a different division than what, how it's going to look in the lower school and middle school and the preschool. what would the upper school? Process, or program look like an experience for students.
2: I that, that is, that's a that's such a great question and I am going to be out and about as much as I can in the hallways in the classrooms greeting students etc for those first few days. So th- this is what I know Sylvester in a normal year the normal experience for our upper school students is that we we trust them implicitly and they have a great deal of freedom. Mm-hmm. We're not able to do that this year because we've made a promise to our community that we would be as, as safe as we can be. And so what that means is that we will be monitoring our students. We've created classrooms uh, that have really strong physical distancing. We've we we each have our own tape measure. We're always pulling that out and making sure the furniture placement is right. But um, so I think that the, I think that this learning environment is going to feel pretty different, to be honest with you, uh, for our students. And it's going to take a little bit of getting used to the fact that they they are not going to be able to wander about the the, the building willy nilly, uh, popping into teachers' classrooms. And having heart to hearts, I think some of that will happen. And I think as we, we as we learn and and figure out what it's like to teach in this COVID environment, there will be more and more of that happening. But at the beginning, it's it's honestly, I don't feel great about saying this, but I think it's going to be different. I'm not so worried about the curriculum delivery and the learning. I think the kids are going to feel great about the fact that they can actually be together in a physical space, but. The normal USM experience of kids having a tremendous amount of of freedom that's going to be on hiatus for for a little bit. So we'll we'll see what the, we'll see what this new culture looks like. I'm confident that it'll end up being good again because we have such creative faculty and and students. Um, but there'll be a little bit of an experimentation phase and a little bit of like okay, let's see what this is going to look like phase.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a a perfect lead-in, Stuart, to what I was going to ask. You know, all of these division reopening podcasts we've been doing, I think the one consistent message is that the creativity of the teachers has been showcased um, throughout all of this through both virtual and now as we're planning for the fall. So can you, um, you know, you said things are going to look different, but the one thing that's going to be the same is that that intentional and creative and amazing delivery of content to our students. So can you talk a little bit about um, your faculty in the upper school and their response to all of this and just some of the things that you've been impressed by as they are planning for what is going to obviously look like a very different fall?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, One of the things that I'm impressed by uh, from my colleagues is the the amount of professional development that they have engaged in over the summer because we know that it's very likely at some point the whole school could be entirely online or, or certain students will be online throughout the year so our teachers really have to be adept both at the traditional pedagogy and now this online pedagogy and so they have continued to learn um, as as the summer progressed and so we've put a lot of A lot of money into professional development, and the teachers have put a lot of time into it, uh, time into it as well. It's uh, it's also really gratifying having come back to school, working in the building, to have teachers stop by and come into the upper school office. Excuse me, I have a barking dog. (laughs) Uh, Having teachers stop into the upper school office and and talk to us about what it'll be like teaching with desks facing all the same way um, and the teacher at the front of the room using the whiteboard which of course that's like that's a really traditional way to teach that that, that's going to look familiar all around the world that's not so much how teaching normally works at university school as you both know um so so again our our our, our teachers i i i think they probably have some anxiety about new modes of teaching maybe a little bit more traditional teaching um but they're digging into it and they stop by and they talk about it and they'll they'll say like well, what do you think about this or you know this is going to be different i'm thinking of i'm trying i'm thinking of trying this mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to see it to seeing it play out
0: yeah, yeah. and the, the, that's a great Um, uh, a great example and great um, statement because the one thing that has been like unique to the upper school experience has been the English round table and I was walking past those rooms and I saw rows of desks which I've never seen in those English classrooms so I'm curious to see how is that round table experience like how are we going to still have that experience in a more traditional setting but yeah you're right it looks you know, rows of desk and and a teacher in front of the classroom is very traditional. That's how I learned in my Catholic mm-hmm. education growing up. But like, that is not what we commonly see here.
2: No. no, and and Sylvester, it's so funny, because back in June, as we were figuring out some of this furniture placement, English teachers would stop by and, and, and they would just be incredulous. Like, how can we teach English without having this This heavy discussion format where everyone's facing each other. And and I get it, it's gonna be different, but like you, I in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, people learned in this way for (laughs) hundreds of years. Like we're I think we can get through a few months (laughs) of of traditional style teaching. Yeah.
1: As long as there aren't nuns walking around with rulers that they're slapping their hands with. And I think that
2: I did have that. I'll, I'll I'll try I'll try to do that once in a while when I think of it. <laughs> so, then, so, oh, go ahead.
0: So, Stewart, um, you know you've been in education for you know twenty plus years. Um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of things, and I'm sure you know this pandemic and shutting schools down have, have has really been probably a very unique time for you. Are there any lessons? that you're going to take from this experience that will apply in a post-COVID educational environment? Are there any things that you saw in this pandemic that you was like, oh, that's interesting. And like, that's something that we can continue to do. And this actually enhances the experience that you feel that you'll kind of take with you.
2: I don't know if there's anything that I will take with me, but I think as a teaching culture, both here at University School and probably nationally, I think I think that I think that our teachers are are learning a lot about pedagogy and best pedagogy, and and what is most important about establishing goals for teaching and learning. Um, and so that so in some ways that's a benefit. That's a benefit for you know hopefully kids all around the country, but certainly here at University School. I also think that our teachers probably, if they could stop and and, and reflect upon this, and they'll be able to do that, uh, you know, a year from now, um, will realize that their their amount of flexibility and and willingness to try new things uh, was pretty extraordinary. And so, I I really think a lot of our teachers are going to come out of this being better teachers. Having more confidence in themselves in terms of um, just being being flexible.
1: Mm-hmm. And along those same lines, I, I know we asked Elaine Griffin in the middle school the same question. But what about for the students? I mean, you know, when the when the dust settles here, what are some of the skills that they've had to use these last uh, six months or so um, that are going to carry forward as they enter college, as they enter the, the real world, um, the workforce? What do you think are some of the things that they've had to persevere through um, that will, will allow them to have a new set of skills moving forward?
2: Yeah, I think it's just that, Mike. I think it's this perseverance. I think um, learning that there can be struggles in life is really hugely valuable for them. And um, so hopefully for for, for those for the kids as well, they develop some some confidence in their ability to handle to handle tough uh, tough times yeah
1: well thank you Stuart, for your time this morning uh we know that the fall will look a little different from the our typical usm upper school experience but we know that we will be ready and we will still be doing everything we can to give our student students a uh, a full experience and uh, here in 9th through 12th grade so thank you for your time we appreciate it. thanks for all your hard work in getting us ready for september 1st and uh We look forward to the start in a few short weeks here.
2: Okay, thank you guys. I appreciate the time this morning.
1: Thanks for tuning in today. Special shout out to Stuart Cushman, head of upper school for joining us today.
0: A Curious Mind is brought to you by University School of Milwaukee. If you wanna learn more about the USM experience and our reopening plan, please visit our website at www.usmk12.org.
1: Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, receive updates, resources, interviews, and more. And please make sure you rate us as well. See you next time.